Hi guys, you're listening to Irrepressible, the podcast. I'm your host, Erica Ashley. I'm an entrepreneur, a content creator, and I have a background in styling where I've worked alongside some of the biggest names in Hollywood, like Ariana Grande and Melissa McCarthy. You're in the right place if you're looking for a realistic approach to life because we're about to have some eye-opening conversations on how to do so. So let's jump into today's conversation. Hi guys, welcome back to Irrepressible. My name is Erica Ashley. For any of you who are new here, welcome. Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to address a question that I've been getting frequently as of late. And as many of you have noticed, Irrepressible is no longer on YouTube. And when it came time to make the decision for season two, this was not an easy decision for me to make, but I currently cannot bring to life the vision that I have for Irrepressible on YouTube. The video form of this podcast, it just cannot be done at the moment. And I don't want to put out content at a fraction of the quality that you deserve. I just don't think it's fair. And I don't think it benefits you for me to not be able to give it my all. So just know that I have plans to bring it in the future. It's something that I've envisioned for Irrepressible from the beginning. I just unfortunately haven't been able to do it. And it's just not a possibility at the moment. But please know that it will be a thing in the future. And as of now, you can still watch all of season one episodes on YouTube if you'd like. They're all still up there and they will remain up there. All of the mini episodes, everything's there. So just for this season and for the foreseeable short-term, hopefully future, we're just going to be doing audio. But I promise the episodes will have the same content, so don't worry. But just know that that wasn't an easy decision for me to make and I really did it thinking of you and what you guys deserve as a consumer of this podcast. So now that we've addressed that, I'm very happy to finally be recording this episode for you. If you've been a listener for a while, you know that I have struggled with anxiety for the majority of my life at this point, and we've chatted about that quite a bit. And I know based on your feedback and polls I've done on Instagram that you guys also struggle with anxiety. And when I did a poll recently about what you'd like to see this season, hands down by far, anxiety was the number one most requested topic. So if you're not following me on Instagram, you should because I try to do polls as often as I can to get your feedback so I can really bring you the content that you want to hear. So this episode for me feels like a double win because I've found something that has really, really, really worked for me and it also brings to life things that you guys wanted to hear about. So let's jump in to EFT. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And by doing this, my relationship to anxiety has done a 180, like completely. And I feel slightly hesitant of saying that and how much I feel like I've benefited from this because 
Different things work really well for different people, but the science behind EFT proves that this really helps so many people in so many different ways on like a scientific chemical in your brain way. And I'll get into that in a minute. So I just want to say that when I say this has completely changed my life for the better, I'll give you an example up front. I developed a huge fear of flying to the point where I was literally going to drive from Colorado to California like less than a year ago because I was so terrified to get on a plane. And that fear is completely gone. I have zero fear of flying now and it's because of doing EFT. And so when I say like this really works, like I feel confident in saying here's my experience with it and I'm a completely different person in many areas now because of it. So I want to share my experience with you and also give you some resources so that you can look into it further. And so in order to really explain EFT, we have to talk about the brain. And I just have to put this out there that I am not a professional mental health expert or anything like that. But I do feel like I've learned enough about this through the process of doing it myself, working with practitioners, reading, that I feel comfortable enough to explain this to you. So in our brain, we have what is called your subconscious, which many of you may have heard about. And your subconscious is basically a record of everything that has happened to you ever in your life. Every single thing is stored in your subconscious and its main job is to keep you safe. So any perceived threat is literally blocked, whether it's warranted or not, meaning one time someone maybe said something mean to you about what you were wearing and now you're afraid to wear like a crop top because your subconscious has deemed it unsafe if you put it on because it's recollection of you wearing a similar thing brings up emotions of a past traumatic experience. And so the next time you go to put on a crop top, you might panic a little bit and then decide to change because it feels too risky. That's your subconscious doing its job based on previous life experience. So It literally is there just to protect you and keep you out of harm's way. So anything that has triggered an emotional response in you, your subconscious has that stored and like filed in a separate area that's like, okay, we have these situations on red alert. And if we get too close to it, like SOS, sound off all the alarms, like we're not going to go down that path. So the second part of our brain that we need to understand in order to understand EFT and why it works is this part of your brain called myelin. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about this before, but myelin is your brain's way of taking you on the fastest route to thoughts that you think the most. So the analogy that I like to think of it in is that imagine one day you are out in the woods and you know that you are heading towards a cabin, but there's no clear path to get there. So you start off on a trek to get to this cabin and you have to, you know, stomp over leaves and twigs and maybe you have to go over a log and around a tree and it's kind of a treacherous path, but you eventually make it to 
the cabin. The next time you go to the cabin, things might look familiar. Oh yeah, I remember that log. I remember you go left around this tree and it's a little easier. And then the next time you go, it's even easier. And pretty soon the path is completely worn down and you know without having to think how to get to the cabin. That's essentially what the myelin in your brain is doing. It recognizes thoughts that you think the most, whether you're aware of them or not. And it recognizes like, oh, okay, she thinks this thought a lot. So let's give her a clear, direct, first class ticket flight to that thought. And it just breezes the energy and effort it takes to get to the place that you're trying to go. Your brain is very, very smart and very complex. And if it can figure out a way to save you energy and time, it's going to do that. And that's essentially the job of myelin. So many times if you struggle with anxiety, these myelin paths are often paths to anxiety triggers, to limiting beliefs, fears, worries, all the things that we don't really want to have a direct flight to, a direct path to, because they're not productive for us in the way that we would like. So the way that EFT works is you go back and you identify the root cause of the issue you're experiencing, which is often a memory. The brain only holds on to memories that have an emotional charge. So if you can identify the memory, you can clear the charge and then clear the block or the issue you're having. So back to the example of if somebody said something mean to you when you were wearing a crop top, you have an emotionally charged memory attached to that. And when you identify that, you're like, okay, this is the incident. Now we can go back and clear it and let go of the emotional charge to it. And then your brain won't hold on to it anymore and it won't affect you anymore. In some cases, the blocks that your subconscious holds onto, you might have absolutely no recollection over. Like for me, I have no recollection of where I developed a fear of flying from. I don't have a specific memory of somebody saying something. I don't remember watching something. I truly have no idea where the fear came from. And it's okay that I don't, you can still clear those things. And as I have, but there was something that happened that triggered in my brain, in my subconscious that like, it's scary to fly. Another example of this could be like, there could have been an argument that your parents were having when you were four years old and you were taking a nap and there's no way that you would remember a conversation that your parents were having while you were sleeping, but your subconscious works in ways where it's literally running 24 seven. And so whether you're aware of it or not, it's absorbing that information and it can be creating unnecessary blocks in your life based on things other people have said, other things you've been around. And in that case, you can still release it just by releasing the motion around whatever current situation is triggering you. So maybe you don't remember the argument or whatever it was when you were four years old and asleep, but whatever's happening in your life now that gives you a trigger or an emotional response, you can still release that by just going back to the first time you remember feeling that emotion. 
This is another reason why, if I don't know if you've heard this or not, but they say don't fall asleep with the TV on in the background. And it's for this reason, especially if there's violence or just anything that you don't want absorbed into your subconscious. It's literally for this reason because your subconscious holds on to it and it can create unnecessary blocks and problems and patterns and triggers for you. So if you're sleeping with the TV on, I would suggest not doing that anymore. And the main reason behind that, like the scientific reason behind brainwaves is all about the brainwave states, which I will explain to you right now. And this would honestly be a nice time to be on YouTube so I could show you this diagram, but I'm just going to do my best at explaining it in the best way that I can. And you can always Google this if you feel like I'm not doing a good job explaining it because it's a little hard to explain the way that this looks. But there are five different types of brainwaves that you have. There's gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And you're in your gamma wave state during motor functions or when you need a higher concentration level. Like right now, my brain is probably in a gamma wave state because I am working and super focused on explaining this to you. The next wave underneath that is beta and alpha. And this is probably where you are right now. Just listening to this, you might also be multitasking, but these are your normal waking state, concentration, focus. You're aware of your five physical senses. You're integrated into what's happening around you. Your alpha wave is really that, but it's a little more relaxed. It could be light meditation. It's when you're creative and in the flow. If you're in that like super learning conscious state, that's your alpha. So that's where you are probably right now listening. Then you move into your theta wave and that's when you are in a light sleep or a really deep meditation. Um, when you're thinking of a memory, like maybe when you're daydreaming, daydreaming about something or fantasizing about something, that's a theta wave. And then your delta wave is when you are in a deep, dreamless sleep. It's non-REM sleep. You're unconscious. You're just out. And so what's important about those is kind of the visual representation of the way those wavelengths look. So gamma waves are very, very spiky and close together. So think of if you took a crayon and just started scribbling really fast next to each other, that's what a gamma wave looks like. And that's probably what my brain waves look like right now. Yours are either in the beta or alpha, and they're similar, but less aggressive and spaced out a little bit more. Alpha is even less. Theta is like a light scribble, like a little wavy. And then your delta wave is like very wide apart waves. If you look at those in terms of representation to your subconscious, when you're in a gamma, beta, or alpha state, those waves are active to some extent, and they create kind of this fence between whatever is happening and the information around you and your subconscious. So if, th- if something's coming in to challenge a subconscious belief, like you want to put on a crop top, you're going to have a hard time getting your subconscious to agree with it when you're in gamma, beta, or alpha. And it's because those brain waves are acting like a fence and they're just blocking the new 
what you're trying to override that over that old thought with. Okay, now this is a lot, but stay with me. So then when you're in the theta wave or your delta wave, when you're sleeping, those two ones, because they're farther apart and more wavy and curvy, it allows new information to bypass it much quicker. So if you were sleeping as a child and somebody was having an argument, because your brain waves were so far apart, that information went straight to your subconscious. Maybe it was the TV in the background who knows, but it's going straight to your subconscious. And if somebody's having an argument about money, your subconscious is now picking up on whatever limiting belief they're speaking about, whether it registers as money causes arguments, there's never enough of it, like who knows? Who knows what it was about, but it can very well happen. And that's why when you're sleeping and watching TV, if there's something really violent happening or very dramatic or sad, it's going straight to your subconscious and your subconscious is literally absorbing it and applying it to your own life. And it's just, you don't want that. Like you want to be in control of your reality as much as possible. And when you are just allowing things to come in while you're asleep, it's like worst case scenario. But with EFT, you can totally get rid of this. And I sound like a spokesperson. I just, I feel like that, but I am so excited that I found this because it has helped me so much. I've been working in EFT with a practitioner since either October or November of last year. And I think in two sessions, I completely got rid of my fear of flying. And that's a fear that I've had for years and it has progressively gotten worse and worse every time I had to fly. So for me, that was like, oh my God, like if, if it helped me get rid of that fear, what else can I do in my life? You know? So, okay, let's get into how EFT actually works. Like, what do you do? EFT uses meridian points to neutralize emotions associated with beliefs and memories. So when you're doing EFT, it is literally cutting off the myelin to your little forest path and destroying them. And it's making it harder and harder to access the emotion, belief, or memory, AKA the little cabin in the woods. There's two kinds of EFT. There's regular EFT and there's faster EFT. I have done both. I personally prefer faster EFT. I find it just slightly more effective for me, but there's been studies done with both and they're both very effective. Regular EFT uses more meridian points on your body. So meaning the top of the head, the front of the eyebrow, the side of the eye, the under eye, under the nose, your chin, your collarbone, and under your armpit. Faster EFT uses less points. It only uses the front of the eyebrow, the side of the eye, under the eye, and your collarbone. Like I said, both work. They're just different techniques, and I personally prefer faster. And faster doesn't mean like, oh, if I do the faster version, I get faster results. It just, you're not going through as many meridian points, and you're focused more on distraction. So what I mean by that is, when you go into an EFT session, you'll be like, this is what is triggering me. So let's go to the example of the crop top. Let's say I go into the session and I'm like, this has really been bothering me. I don't know why I can't wear this. And I go back and I'm guided with a practitioner 
to identify the first time I felt that. If we can identify the original memory, that's ideal. But if not, then you just identify the first time you remember feeling that emotion of anxiety around wearing something like a crop top. So once it's identified, they will guide you in to feel it as much as possible. Meaning you'll take a second, you'll transport yourself back to that memory and you will bring up as much of the emotion as possible. You want to feel it as deeply as you possibly can. And I know that sounds scary because sometimes you go back and you're like, this is an emotion I don't want to feel. Like, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel anxious. But truly, the more you can get yourself to feel it, the more you can release. And you only stay back in that emotion for a quick moment before you're transported out of it. So just know that it's like a very temporary transportation back to the original trigger and then you're guided out of it very quickly so you'll feel it for just a few seconds and then you will be guided to start tapping and so you will tap just using your fingertips on the meridian points that I talked about and if you're doing regular EFT usually it's with kind of like affirmations you will be guided sort of talking yourself out of the fear. You identify it and you recognize and you say things like all of this fear, it's safe to let it go now. And you're using affirmations to rewire how your brain is processing this emotion. And the combination of the tapping on the certain meridian points and the affirmations is what helps you cut the path to the little emotion cabin and help you clear it so you don't keep going back to it anymore in faster eft there's you also use affirmations and you also use things like just distractions so sometimes if i'm doing eft on my own because you can do it on your own there's a gajillion follow along youtube videos but also sometimes i will just pull up like funny news bloopers or funny clips from a show that i like watching Um, and you get yourself into the triggered emotion and then you start tapping and you take your focus 100% off of the memory and 100% into whatever you're watching. So maybe it's like bloopers of old friends episodes. You focus on it so much and you want it to be like a positive emotion to really bring you out of the other one. And then you do this for a few different rounds and you keep going back and checking it and If you're rating things on a scale of 1 to 10, ideally every time you go through a round of tapping, your emotion on that scale of 1 to 10 should be lower. Sometimes it goes higher because once you start digging things up, it can like just bring more up to purge, but oftentimes it just starts going down and down and down until it's neutral. Sometimes, and this has happened to me, you'll be tapping on some memory and they'll be like okay go back and check it tell me where it is on a scale of one to ten and i'll be like what are we checking like i have no idea what the memory is i've what are we talking what are what was i tapping on and that is like a great feeling and that's not to say like oh my god you're gonna lose your memories that's not it at all i'm sure i have that memory somewhere in my brain still somewhere but there's no emotional charge to it anymore And so my brain is like, oh, if there's no emotional charge, why are we trying to go back to it? And so for me, that's like the coolest experience. But what happens to me most often is that you just get neutral with the memory. So like for me, the fear of flying, 
I used to like days before I would get on a plane just be an anxious mess and then I remember like getting to the airport the second I sat on the plane like I couldn't breathe I would just be so constricted and tight in my body and now I just like walk on a plane and sit down and it's completely night and day for me and so there's obviously like I didn't just forget a memory of flying but it's just completely neutral and so now When I fly, to me, it's totally fine because whatever the emotionally charged memory that I had was, it's not emotionally charged anymore. And so my brain isn't trying to keep a hold of it to protect me because there's nothing to protect me from because there's not an emotional charge. So it's incredibly fascinating and it really just is about using distraction And it gets your brain to work really hard. Like it's truly going to the gym for your brain. Every time I'm done, I am exhausted and starving. I need like six cheeseburgers and a nap immediately because it feels like an actual workout. Your brain isn't used to not going to the same path always. And then you're trying to divert it. And it's like, what is going on? It's trying to process. It's rewiring. And it's just really, really cool. So then as you're going through all of that, essentially what's happening is your body is releasing the emotional charge. And so you might yawn a lot. You might cry. You might tear. You might burp. You might get a slight headache. I've had all of those experiences and it's just energy leaving your body. And like the more you're yawning, the more like your EFT practitioner will be like, oh my God, yes, like let's keep going because it's releasing. Those are ways that your body releases stored energy. And if it's not serving you anymore, it's literally just coming up and out. And that's also why you get so incredibly tired afterwards. There have been many, many studies done that prove the effectiveness of EFT. And what's incredible that gets me so excited is that in some places they're using it in schools to help kids with test anxiety, with focus, uh, with bullying, things like that. And they're seeing incredible results. And I feel like I just know deep down, if I would have been taught this at a young age, my anxiety would have never gotten to the level that it did because this would have almost like eradicated it for me and it's not just being used for anxiety it's being used for PTSD depression um, social anxiety also things just like limiting beliefs vulnerability um, fear about you know success and outreach in business worthiness is a big one money issues and love issues like where do we have blocks around those confidence procrastination perfectionism fear of failure fear of success there's it's honestly infinite what you can tap on I know a girl whose subconscious was afraid of the number zero for some reason I have no idea why but she like anytime she saw like a thousand a hundred thousand it really, really triggered her. And so she had to go back and release like, what does zero mean? And she had an early memory from when she was a child about zeros and 
it was an emotionally charged memory and it's like affected her ever since. And then when she got past that, like things really changed for her in her business and also her social media following, which is wild. So it's just anything that your brain is holding on to, whether you think it's legitimate or not, or if you're like, oh, well, there was this one memory back in second grade, but like I got over it. It's not that big of a deal. No, like your brain is still holding on to it. It is a big deal and it needs to be released. And my just daily anxiety since I've started this is so much lower. I feel so much freer. And that's a really exciting feeling because there have been many, many, many times that I've just thought, I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. And it is excruciating and it is awful. And for anyone who doesn't understand it, they're never going to understand it. And I don't want anybody to understand it, but it's hard when nobody else understands it unless you've gone through it. The fact that I feel like I have a hold on my life in such a different way, in such a positive way, is everything to me because I didn't think that it would be possible for me to not have this. And now I'm like so aware of it because I've been doing it so consistently that the second I start feeling anxious about something or have a limiting belief about something, I pretty quickly can catch myself and be like, okay, where is this coming from? And if I can't figure out what it's coming from, another good question to ask yourself is what does this situation remind me of? And that can help guide you into figuring out another area of your life where you felt this emotion before. It is wild and it is incredible. And it's so easy to just do on your own once you learn how to do it. And like I said, there are YouTube videos. I'll link some below that you can check out. They're from people who've been in the EFT world for a very long time and are very respected and very trusted. There's also, you know, practitioners all over the country, all over the world, really, that you can find and work with one-on-one. I will say like, you know, be cognizant of what you're tapping on. If you go out and try this on your own, use discretion because some emotions are really deep and some situations are very traumatic. And if you're just doing it by yourself, that might not be the best idea. There are, of course, cases where having someone guide you is beneficial. But for smaller things, like I just need a boost of positivity for the day, or I'm feeling a little low on confidence. Let me do a EFT video to feel more confident today. Those things I encourage you to go find a YouTube video on because that's not going to really dredge up like really deep past trauma, but I do encourage you to look deeper into this. If you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with any sort of limiting belief and a way to identify limiting beliefs is like, where do you feel stuck in life? Where do you feel like you're struggling in life? It could be business. It could be career. It could be friends, relationships, your family. Like there's really no end to where EFT can help you or take you because it just comes down to identifying what's triggering you and then releasing it. And some things have really deep roots. 
Like I will tell you there are certain subjects that I have tapped on that still aren't completely neutral for me. And that's because they've been ingrained in my brain for years and years and years. And there's a lot of myelin around them. And that path is really deep. And sometimes there's layers to memories where it's like, oh, I remember these few situations where this happened. And then you start tapping and you're like, oh, wait, I remember this other instance too. And so you kind of have to unravel it like a ball of yarn. You will eventually get to the end. And it feels so great when you're like, oh my God, that that memory, that trigger isn't holding me captive anymore. And I feel like so free. But just know that it's not a one and done situation. It can be, you know, it just depends on the situation. But most of us, I would argue all of us, have many different areas that could use some love and attention and some freedom from anxious thoughts. So like I said, I'm going to link some resources below. Brad Yates is very well known and renowned in the EFT world. He has a YouTube channel with a gajillion EFT videos that you can tap along with. Um, Julie Schiffman is another great one. Haley Hoffman Smith, she does faster EFT. Um, and there's also some great websites that you can look through and they have studies on PTSD and depression and anxiety and things like that, that you can check out. If anyone has questions for me and my experience like further, please reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at Erica Ashley or at Irrepressible the podcast. I am more than happy to continue this conversation with you outside of this episode because I have gotten very passionate about EFT because it has just produced such a positive response in my life. And if I know it can make me feel this good and get rid of things like this deep, deep fear of flying that I used to have, I know it can help other people. And if sharing this episode and talking to you helps you find that same sort of release, um, I'm more than happy to do that. So like I said, please reach out with any questions. All right, guys, have a great day and I will see you next week. If you loved this episode, please let me know. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it on your Instagram stories and with your friends. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Erica Ashley and at Irrepressible the Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week.